listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Uh, Mr. President, uh, has it been a good visit? Very satisfactory indeed. We uh, got what we came for, and our special relationship is still very special. And Prime Minister? I love that word, relationship. It covers all manner of sins, doesn't it? I fear that this has become a bad relationship. A relationship based on the President taking exactly what he wants and casually ignoring all those things that really matter to um, Britain. We may be a small country, but we're a great one too. A country of Shakespeare, Churchill, the Beatles, Sean Connery, Harry Potter. David Beckham's right foot. David Beckham's left foot company. And a friend who bullies us is no longer a friend. And since bullies only respond to strength, from now onward, I will be prepared to be much stronger. And the president should be prepared for that. Welcome to the One Tech Podcast, episode 45. Guys, we did it. It's our, it's our uh, DJT episode. And it's we did only it. 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I, know, I know us out of everyone celebrates our outgoing president, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah, our, anything that yeah. has a number 45 in it is just my favorite. Yep, it's absolutely. The greatest. <laughs> no, um... No, it's not. It's we'll just go with episode number 45. How about that? Um, but speaking of uh white people, Love Actually is the movie that we're doing. Man, this movie is uh, yeah. white. Oh, yeah. Uh, even the black guy in this movie, you can tell it's like white people are responsible for this. <laughs> uh, they did they did my dog Edgewa for bad in this. Um, <laughs> anyway how we how we doing uh we're finally it's only yeah late night edition of the one take podcast um it's probably early whenever anybody's listening to this but uh it's late thanks guys i feel it in my fingers i feel it in my toes christmas is all around me then that's the story goes this is pure i literally just finished watching this movie like right before we started recording I had never seen it before. Um, yeah, yeah. I have some opinions about the things that happened in this movie. Absolutely. This is a, you know, people consider this now like a like a must watch on Christmas. This is like a Christmas tradition for a lot of people up there with like, yep. I don't know, a Christmas story and elf and stuff like that. Um, it is. It is a uh, it is a must watch in our house. We'll get into it. We'll get into what we think about it. I don't think Dex liked it very much, but are we doing okay? We feeling good? We feeling healthy? Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting to find out whether or not I have coronavirus <laughs> still or not. You know, waiting on my second test, but uh, I feel fine, so that's good. You always have coronavirus. That's how this works. It's true. It never leaves you. Uh, the vaccine just- is in my blood. <laughs> Pretty soon, this is just going to be an I am legend situation where it's just Dex. 
Yeah, it's like he didn't have to get vaccinated, so it's just like he didn't get the he didn't get the cancer. Yeah, that movie is <laughs> trash. I love I Am Legend. Seriously, I really do. I really there's a lot of problems with it, but I really enjoy that movie. Movies on par with Marley and Me. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <I'll> do- <laughs> Uh, I'm doing good. I'm out here making my once yearly content for Twitter. Uh, just between me and you listeners right now, this is just a me and you second. Fucking stop DMing me. You can have it. It could be a phone screen. You can make it a shirt. I don't care. No, you need to DMing. sell that if that's the thing. <laughs> I don't uh, I, just, I don't want to get into it. Like I've tried to sell stuff on Redbubble before and it's, it is such a like hassle and i end up making like i would have to sell something like 500 to make a profit otherwise uh, else i'm like essentially paying them to make shirts for me well i mean you want to it it's the it's mine oh hell yeah so there you go it is, it is also my my phone screen <laughs> yo synergy <laughs> i think i i think i i hope I hope it's a bunch of people's backgrounds. That, that's like the original intent. Just true bros, true bro moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> I told Caitlin was like, what are you doing? I was like, changing my home screen. He was like, to what? I was like, a picture that Jake made. <laughs> she was like, yeah, but y'all, y'all don't have the exclusive yellow. Actually, Dex does, but. Oh, what the hell? Here, I'll text with you right now. Jesus. All right, guys. Love Actually. Uh, actually, we're going to have to do a review this episode. So. Love Actually came out in 2003. It is surprisingly rated R. Like, I mean, not when you, I mean, when you watch it, you get it. But the fact that this movie is so popular and it is a rated R Christmas movie. It's a soft R though. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of fucks, but it's not. Then Laura Lenny's boobs. Yeah. There's titties in this movie. Um, Sorry. I don't know why I said titties, but anyway, um, it is. It is in them there hills. (laughs) Out yonder is titties. Um, good lord, it's late. All right, it's two hours and fifteen minutes long, and you can kind of tell. Um, yeah, it does go. This is a two uh, two thousand three movie, perfect time capsule for uh, said year. Seven point six on IMDb. Uh, I think that's because a lot of fans like this movie, but critics don't. We'll get into that in here in a second. Follows the lives of eight very different couples in dealing with their love lives and various loosely. Uh, interrelated tales all set during a frantic month before Christmas in London, England written and directed by Richard Curtis stars Hugh Grant, Bill Nye, Colin Firth, Liam Neeson, Emma Thompson, Martin Freeman, uh, Andrew Lincoln, Kira Knightley, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and a host of other people. Also um, Gregor Fisher, Let's see here. What is the name of the kid? Oh, uh, Laura Lenny, like you mentioned. I just texted you the kid. Oh, Alan Rickman. R.I.P. R.I.P. Big R.I.P. Ant and Deck. And Billy Bob Thornton as the president of the United States. Honestly, incredible prediction from 2003. Incredible. 17 years later, they got it right. Shocking that when he shows up as the president i anyway 
I don't know. Yeah, this is this is along the lines of other Richard uh, Curtis comedies, but um, as as well as Hugh Grant comedies, uh, it made it on a forty million dollar budget, which standard for rom coms, I imagine studio rom coms. It made two hundred and forty four million dollars at the box office, which is okay. yeah, yeah, that's good. It was nominated for two Golden Globes, Best music, uh, Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and Best Screenplay for Richard Curtis, music, Musical, or Comedy. It has a 55 meta score, which, okay, yeah, and uh, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, 72% on uh, audience score, which is kind of interesting. A sugary tale over stuff with too many stories, still, which cast charms. Mm. All right. Um Actually, Dex, let's just start with you because you're probably going to have a different opinion than both of us, but not that far different, I imagine. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I had never seen this movie before. I've like clearly heard about it for forever because, you know, so many people that I know are like, you got to watch Love Actually. I watch it every year. It's so good. I love it so much. Blah, blah, blah. But I didn't really like know anything about it or like what happens in it. Um, I not gonna lie, I kind of hated this movie at different <laughs> points. Like, I guess not the whole movie, but like some of the storylines in it. I was just like, this is gross and dumb, <laughs> or like this just didn't need to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe two of the storylines that I can think of like kind of worked for me, and we can we can get into those later. But even they're kind of weird. Um. Yeah, yeah, man. This is not for me. Like, I, I can understand. I get it. I understand why people love it, and you know, it's very romantic. If you kind of shut your brain off for a little bit, um, or if you watch it with like your 2003 brain instead of your 2020 brain, but mm. yeah. Eh, and nah. you're a rom com stan. <laughs> I am a rom com stan. I'm not really a British like pop culture person. So that might have something to do with it. Yeah. I've never really been that big into like British movies or TV, other than like a few exceptions, like I love The Crown or whatever. But you know, for the most part, not really into British things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I give it like a like a C minus. Like it's not terrible, but it's just frustrating. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. Um, we are going to try and rank what uh, the how we feel about the 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 storylines at the end of our reviews. I want to try and do that, but um, and then secretly rank the deleted four storylines. Wait, what? Yeah, there's, there's four deleted storylines. I think Holy only shit. I think only two can actually be found, and I don't know if they ever shot the other two, but there are four more storylines in the script, and two were actually filmed. I don't know what happened to the other two, but one follows, for some God knows reason, a couple either in Sub-Sahara Africa or the Middle East that are dealing with famine, but still have the Christmas spirit. (laughs) Okay. Yay! And I, I believe they're also having to deal with the fact that their kid is is dying of starvation. And then another one where it is a lesbian couple where one of the women is dying of HIV. Or I guess AIDS. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And those were actually filmed. Those exist. If you like, I, I'm pretty sure if you just go on YouTube, you can find them. 
but now I don't know what happens to the other two. They put that. They wanted to put this in that in the Ha Ha Hugh Grant movie. What? No, <laughs> 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 Grant movie, uh, yeah. I mean, here, uh, uh, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just segue this into my whole thing. Go for um, it, Zach. Real quick, what would you give it though? Sorry, C minus. Okay. Ooh. Um, I am a white male. Thus, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I actually love this movie. Um, I didn't see it until college i think because it was like it it was one of my sister's like most favorite films and up until like so it released when i was 13 14 and then once i got to college like it was huge with my sister's generation she's basically a whole generation older than me and it was huge for her that like one day i was visiting her house around christmas she's just like you gotta watch love is actually it's the greatest movie of all time and i was like okay i've heard all about it for like the last seven years so why not and lo and behold i i do love it it it's a movie that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside especially at the very end when it's actual real life people in heathrow airport hugging to the beach boys god only knows it's the closest thing to love i'll ever feel in my life uh you're married that's not the point right now um but no this is also a movie i i love to poke fun at like (laughs) every storyline either makes no sense or is deeply problematic Mm. in like extensive hilarious ways in ways that can only be pulled off in post 9-11 2000s like right at that that cusp where we're all still feeling very patriotic and and love is the greatest thing and let's ignore the war in the middle east like this is this is only successful because it, it, it pulled off right there. And if you look at the subsequent spinoffs like New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day, and I think there's one other, all those are trash. And they came mm. later and they, they follow the exact same formulaic. Somehow everybody knows each other in these little vignettes. Those are all terrible. This, this movie only succeeds because of its timing and because of its all-star cast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love it. It's, it's great. It is it is perfectly timed like this is exactly what 2000s early 2000s looked and felt like mm-hmm. so <laughs> they somehow captured the essence of an early decade um but yeah i love it it's it's an a simply for nostalgia's sake simply because it it, it tickles me in all my happy fun places it is <laughs> the most christmas thing i i, I watch i have issues with christmas vacation and other such films but this one is up there for me we are ranking christmas films at the end of this so sorry uh (laughs) i will be taking loves actually all four rounds you can't stop me um the this is the most the one thing that they kind of avoided in this was um was the use of technology actually which is kind of funny i mean of course like there's stuff that dates this like the basically like mtv with ant and deck or whatever where it's just like vjs or whatever yeah yeah they're on trl basically (laughs) yeah and uh you know him going around promoting his his christmas record which everybody seemed to they still put people still put out christmas records but like not like they used to like the backstreet boys would yeah would put out a christmas record or whatever um i 
but this is just the fashion and it just is such a throwback and if you didn't know they start it with a after the twin towers fell you're like what the fuck oh yeah i was oh, like is 9 11 like a part of this <laughs> like oh all right um, what are we doing? yeah so you know this is a this is a ogletree i think it's a my mom my mom's one of my mom's favorites it might be her favorite movie but that being said i didn't get to ever watch this because christians you know and uh we couldn't watch that in our household or if we did it was the very sterilized version on like tbs but um i didn't watch it in full i think until yeah i think until after college maybe i watched it with caitlin but the it it if I feel like if I watched this a little bit younger, it would have been better, but I'm so jaded and I love romantic sure. comedies. Sure. So jaded and cynical that I just kind of poked holes in it a little bit. And there's so many holes to poke, but it's fun. Like I laughed out loud at a bunch of parts and the cast mm-hmm. really does like Liam Neeson, like say what you want about the guy, but he was delightful in this. Actually, he was he, heartwarming and, and, I get the Hugh. I get why people loved Hugh Grant in like from like ninety eight to two thousand and five. Yeah, and then people still love Hugh Grant, but you know that shine there definitely warmed off. People out there that think Hugh Grant was actually the prime minister at some point in time. Yeah, and some of these storylines though are egregiously one either corny or two problematic. <laughs> like if we go back and look at it, extremely. <laughs> just infidelity abound and uh it's it really truly is incredible but and, the, and i think i kind of take points off because i know how good richard curtis's other films are opposed as opposed to this you know what i mean like about time is one of my favorite romantic comedies ever i think it's probably like my two second or third ever you know in my list my imaginary list of romantic comedies and of course you know like four weddings and a funeral um things like that so he's responsible for a lot of those movies that that british comedy that we all kind of know Mm -hmm. and but this is his you know and mr bean like so (laughs) all of that stuff is is sort of his better stuff but this is you know this is most definitely his most famous thing and that kind of that eh, you know I, it is his, it is his rectorial debut yeah so i this mean is, when i when i compare it to like about time and stuff something that's more focused from him mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't even hold water but it's, it's so oh, all God, over the place <laughs> and by the very end you're just like Hey, they were friends with the people that were fucking, and they were friends with the, you know. Oh yeah, no that that airport scene at the end where they're all somehow tied to each other. It's like we didn't need this. Yeah, and the He's prime minister, <laughs> and the prime minister <laughs> flies commercial. What? I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe. It. Yeah. So and I don't whatever know. the and whatever the Secret Service version of the prime minister is, it's just gonna let his girlfriend fall out, sprint, tackle him. Yeah, that's fine. Or, He's he's going door to door. He only has one security guard. Is this driver? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't let's, know. Let's do it. Let's destroy it. Yeah. So I get this movie. I think it, you have to be in the right mood. You have to be with the right people. I think watching this on your own is sort of meh. And there's some depressing shit in this movie too. 
Um, but I would give it, I would give it a B minus. I think B C plus to B minus. I'm kind of teetering right there because there's so much stuff we are about to poke holes in this movie. Um, but do y'all want to, do you want to wait till the end to rank the storylines or do you want to do it uh, now? Let's, let's go through them all and then rank them. So that yeah. Can remember. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let's start with, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. Because Dex suggested this, and I didn't know if we would be able to do it, but I think I think that's probably the best way to stay on. We start with Bill Nye, all right? Nye? Nye? Nye. Nye. And he's just a, a washed former rock star. I, that being the interconnected thread throughout this entire movie, that song is bananas to, to begin with. It's so it's so bad, but you hear it so much that it becomes like sticky. Yeah, yeah. and then it just kind of works. <laughs> I feel it in my in fingers. My fingers. The f- and he's not a good singer. Like he's supposed to be like this, uh, you know, Hugh or not? Um, who's the Rolling Stones? Mick Jagger. Yeah, he's supposed to be like this Mick Jagger character, but like, it, it is funny that like. The the Richard Curtis played into that all of Britain is so cynical and dry that they would purposely love him so much for making fun of himself and shitting on his own song until it became number one. So fun fact that song is actually real. It's called Love Is Actually All Around. Um everybody knows it by the very well-known band wet 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 um right but that song is like it's it's featured heavily in four weddings and a funeral and they thought it would be a hilarious joke to just start off this movie with it by making fun of it and i think for some reason bill Nye didn't even know he was in this movie what yeah it was something like he when he auditioned he didn't know what he was auditioning for he just did it He's just pulling a Gwyneth Paltrow, like not knowing she was in like three Marvel movies. Uh, it's yeah, it gets in your head because they play it so much. But it is funny that he just like can you imagine if like Drake or something came out and he's like, man, this album is shit. And everybody was like, number one, which I bet he could. I bet he could do. Yeah, Drake absolutely could pull that off. I mean, in my feelings, but Christmas version. Santa, do you love me? <laughs> oh my god! Drake couldn't make a Christmas album though, because like I don't think he does Christmas. But anyway, um, <laughs> like, we did kind of have this phenomenon with Lil Nas X, where it was like Old Town yeah. Road was definitely a joke. We were all like, kind of, kind of, kind of slaps though. <laughs> <laughs> Party wondered the longest. <laughs> Longest running number one, so like it's it's possible. Part of me wondered if this was also like a jab at Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" because that dropped way long ago in like '94, but it is a song that continues fucking repeating everywhere. Goes to number one every single Christmas. It's incredible, fucking everywhere. Um, <laughs> the goat. Uh, can't she doesn't have it anymore, but you know, that's fine. 
I wish I could make one song and just like get billions of dollars off of it for the rest of my life. I love that his manager is the most rundown British looking man you've ever seen in his life. I thought they were going to fuck at the end. I think that's like the implication, but assuming Billy Mac is as formally big as he is to the fact where he can just have phone calls with Elton John, that manager has got to be rolling in it. He can't be this downtrodden and so tired of his life. And living in like the shittiest apartment in London. That dude is rich. That was sort of and, a, like entirely alone on Christmas. Like, bro, yeah. you're an su- agent for like a superstar. Like, what are you? You're a, ba- you you're a manager. Yeah, you're a manager for like a pop star that just got a number one hit. Like, and has had former number one hits. Like, yeah. what do you spend your money on, dude? <laughs> and he's been his manager for his entire career, too. They say that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I or it's, so. it's it's implied if it's not directly said. I thought I thought he was gonna go and it's like because I wrote down I was like, is Bill Nye gay? Is like is he gay in this? I think that's like the implication. But then he comes with a like a supermodel or whatever he gets off the plane with. Yeah, because well, yeah, because he ends up spending. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, f- up until like my most recent viewing, I was like, well, yeah, that's the implication is that he realizes he's in love with his manager who's his best friend and yay. But also, no, I don't know. I, I don't know don't. if I would have liked that or not. They just, I don't know. I, it's I, a weird, it's a weird way to close up that storyline. Let's get pissed. I was at Elton John's house and I realized I wanted to fuck my manager. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, Elton John's throwing ragers. Uh, he's sober. He's been sober for a long time, but probably. His wife is somewhere in Plano. Uh, what? Yeah, Elton John was once married to a woman. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's and a sad storyline in that movie. The, <laughs> all right. So that's that storyline. Uh, eh, it's funny. Oh, I think. JK, she has passed. Oh. I haven't been spreading around that lie for a while. Well. This is terrible. R.I.P. Okay. Um, we love you, Mrs. Elton John. Miss you dearly. Uh, let's do... Let's knock this one out because it's going to be really quick. The Laura Linney storyline. Makes no sense. Makes no GD yeah, sense. Why did, why did that happen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they throw in that her brother is not well or mentally unstable and then, like, He's in a home, and then she still doesn't have sex with the guy. Like, I don't get that. Because the dude obviously likes her. I don't know. And he's strikingly beautiful. Oh, he's so uh, hot. That's, that dude was so hot. I don't even know who that is. I need he's to been in in, I got it. He's been in some stuff. But continue. Yeah. No, it, one, it makes no sense. We need to explore, why is she the only American? Rodrigo Santoro. Is he done he anything was, fun? He was in uh he was Xerxes in 300. That's why I know him. Ah. Then yeah. he's he's also in um Westworld. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh yeah. Um why is she be fucking American? And I'm not like saying that in a bad way, like because Laura Lenny is a treasure that we should all bow down and respect for all of time. But why is she American? Like, she is she there at work? But you said, does she live there? What is happening? Why is she working know. at this 
no this job that does something she's there for the universal health care for her brother oh man that would be well, fun. That would have been a fun storyline to explore. If we're just Look, like, if it if it goes as dark as it's implying, it's a fun storyline. Yeah, because it's just like it, it, it. She freaks out, and then it, she's not in it a lot. Really, she's really underutilized in this movie. Well, fun fact. So while filming this, she was also filming Mystic River in Boston. So she was cl- constantly doing transatlantic flights. Oh, yeah, I know. Ew. Maybe they just wanted Laura Linney in the film, then she just like don't do the British. Just don't even try to do the British accent. No, that, that's actually really what happened. Richard Curtis apparently like went through a hundred auditions for that part and like kept saying, "Find me a Laura Linney character." And the casting director was like, "Just fucking call Laura Linney." <laughs> I, I I like Laura Linney. I like. I mean, she's she's perfect at playing like distressed. Well. Uh, or fed up you know she's yeah. done it forever but i think i don't know that storyline just doesn't make any sense like you can still have sex with a guy like even after it you know what i mean didn't go anywhere like what yeah how did we do that <laughs> there is we know the brother is safe he is in some sort of facility he's in a home he's clearly being monitored he is safe i understand her attachment to the brother and i know that she somehow feels responsible for him in some way, but you didn't have to answer that phone. You knew that the kid was okay. You could have done this. It it's so and he also he also must have his own cell phone with like unlimited minutes in two thousand three. Yeah. What's going on here? She's calling free, free nights and weekends. Free nights. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when he's up the most. But the um the. The way that she talks, I did write this down. The way that she talked, because you think it's like she's cheating at first. Because the way that she talks to him is weird. To babe all the time. Babe and darling and sweetheart and stuff like that. I'm just like, eh. Um, So, yeah, that doesn't go anywhere. But it's not terrible. But I don't know. I once read a theory, and it doesn't make sense because the age difference just does not make sense. But I once read a theory that that's actually her son, and she just chooses to call him her brother to like wipe away that I have a son. But the age difference between the actors does not make sense. That dude was like 45 years old. <laughs> but the fact that this culminates <laughs> with Laura Liddy being topless, it makes no sense. They were gonna have sex, man. <laughs> but it's Angel. more already. So, I know. Um, let's get to uh, okay. Let's do let's do Colin Firth uh, and his storyline as well because this is the one that also gets uh, little attention. I mean, it actually it's gets a lot of. One it's the only one with actual, a good payoff. That, yeah. It's the only story like it, that it could actually be its own full-length hour-and-a-half movie. Right. I'd watch it. Yeah, this is, this is the only one that I was like, yeah, I'm like le- legitimately happy that this happened. It is weird that they fell in love with each other with, each other with like no language barrier or with a language barrier. I the, like, And she in like a weekend, she was like, I love this dude that I don't even understand. 
he being in love with her makes sense because he look he, like it's Colin Firth. Like you just he's a sap. Yeah. Like he, he plays the sap character really well. The 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 it was dark when uh he walked on in on his girlfriend getting railed by her brother his brother. Yeah, it's, that was it's wild. darker knowing he's coming home from a funeral. Oh yeah. Oh, like, can you imagine that girlfriend being like, "Hey, your brother is going to a funeral. His friend's wife has passed." Wait, it's no, a- he came back from the wedding. I thought he comes back from Liam Neeson's no, he come, funeral. He comes, he comes back from the wedding. Laura Linney is uh, uh, Emma Thompson's at the uh, funeral because he says, "I want to see you before the reception." Anyway, oh right. Yeah, but yeah. It, still dark. You're coming from a I wedding, mean- and it's like. Hey, dude's brother, get in here and blow my back out twice before <laughs> before he gets home. Oh, God. Does she not uh, hear him talking in, in that small-ass apartment? <laughs> yeah. Did she? Who did you think he was talking to? <laughs> also, how yeah. well is he doing where he has a home on... Like the some, south of France? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, he's somehow a successful novelist living in London, but man, that is a nice ass house. It's like he rents it, I think, probably. Probably. But the also, um, we we have to take a moment to talk about what's her name, Aurelia, Aurelia, yeah. whatever. Aurelia. Stripping and diving into a pond to save paper. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, like no, that was gonna work. That whole thing is <laughs> fucked. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Also, there's eels in that water. So what? Apparently, in real life, that pond was like eight inches deep. So they were on their knees the whole time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But he was like, he was like, no, don't, don't undress, don't do that, please. No, stop, no, please. I don't, I don't need the paper. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> A tramp stamp. Oh, I'm in. Sold. <laughs> Also, I've, I've realized it's it's 2003, so we're not exactly at the point where everybody has a laptop, but who the fuck is writing a novel on a typewriter? Some Tom Hanks outdoor. Shit. <laughs> like, without a paperweight. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, he's moving that thing around. He's like, yep, today I'm going to write on the dock. It's clearly a windy day, but that's okay. Yeah, just a normal winter day in, or fall day in in France. Not, yeah, ideal weather conditions. It's just, like, I don't know that it's 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 okay. Like I, I like that storyline a little bit. I it like Colin, I like Colin Firth more than people liked Colin Firth back then. Truly, I've come around on that. Yeah, like I, I, probably after King's Speech is when he went from being sort of that middling B actor to like an actual household name in the U S mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's the only storyline, the whole movie that you, that you could actually make into its own films. And you could explore the entire year between each of them where they both somehow learned a language. Right. But and, we're still in love yeah. with each other, <laughs> which actually I, I, I don't know what that time span is. Maybe it was like just a week for some reason they both became fluent enough well they do the they do the thing where it was like she they spend two or three weeks together and then he it was like a week before christmas he's taking the yeah. 
he's taking the lessons in that big room with everyone speaking a different <laughs> language on on a tape recorder like you know night classes just get rosetta uh, stone my dude also <laughs> he's the he's the reason for the best quote in the entire movie i hate uncle jamie yeah i hate uncle jamie <laughs> i mean he brought you present yeah props to that guy for somehow just finding a plane ticket to where does she live portugal she is portuguese i don't know if they're, yeah. uh, they're in portugal but um <laughs> that and the scene fact that made the movie for me actually like the really? portugal and the older sister yeah i was like this is fantastic cinema this is why i'm here yeah what do you say she's a- he's selling her into slavery or something like that <laughs> he's gonna kill aurelia cool <laughs> the, 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 the fact that the dad is immediately on board like yes go with the english man well yeah and also it's like i want to marry your daughter and he's like she's like the fat one come here <laughs> like, like, like please god take please god take her off my hands and then a- also 2000s level friend sitcom joke but then also for her for him to be like no your other daughter and he's still like you know what sure fine we're marching this entire town to the restaurant my daughter works at (laughs) do you random white man singing the songs anyway it's it's deeply depressing that the father is like, yeah, and just just take her away, just get rid of her. But the owner of the restaurant is the first like rational person who's like, to no. Object. Granted, his <laughs> objection was she's just a good waitress, but still, at least he had some rationale to be like, wait a minute, no. Yeah, I'm sure they totally won't regret that marriage. Like ten years <laughs> down the road, where they're just like, can't go to Portugal this year. God damn it. No, straight up, like, have you guys seen The Graduate? Uh, bits and pieces, actually. No. Okay, so... Oh, uh, when they get on the bus? Yeah, and then they, like, the, the elation goes away where they both realize they don't have any plan and they don't know what to do next. Like, that is, yeah, that is how the Colin... That, yes. that is how the Colin first storyline ends, is that they, like, get together and then afterwards they both realize they still can't really talk to each other and they both don't know who the other person is. Well, and you know, it, it ends with like her, them being happily together and she has definitely learned English and things like that. And like learns the quips and things like that and insults him to her, you know, so it looks like they're happy, yeah. but it it is just sort of like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> you know that one day he's going to pull out the, I'll send you back to Portugal <laughs> in a fight. <laughs> It'll be so so ugly. God, it is it is yeah, it is just funny that just like her dad is like, sure, take her, fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. Sell you, I'll pay him. Yeah. <laughs> is that what he said about the yeah? So we gotta talk about we uh, we we gotta talk about the body double stand in Martin Freeman and, and Joanna Page. I I he's talked about it before, how he like how awkward <laughs> that that role was and stuff, but he like how funny it is. It is. I I genuinely love that storyline. I think it's. I think it's the best part of the movie. It's good. Like it's. It's a great like jab that you know the workplace meet cute and the fact that they technically have to have sex before they even get to know each other. It's good, but it also makes zero effing sense. <laughs> There's no such thing as a porn stand-in. They're not a porn stand-in. They're a body double. 
For porn. It's still not, not for, fake. No, not for porn. For just like for for a sex scene in a movie. Because he says he, st- he stood in for Brad Pitt. Oh, I thought they were making porn. Yeah. No, he's a he's a stand-in for a sex scene in a movie. It because he stood mm. in for Brad Pitt, and that that's why I think it's like because there's no stand sex for for porn. They just film porn. It's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like they're the people that they show the bodies of when super mega Hollywood stars don't want to get naked on camera. They're also in extreme porn positions like usually movie sex scenes are just missionary oh yeah she's giving him like head and one of the and they're standing up like it's it's porn it's high-end porn for some reason it is british porn (laughs) i respect i respect you trying to defend it very polite porn um but it is funny because it's just like he's just like so how was how was traffic today like that sort of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just small office talk while you're topless he's like warming up his hands to put it like he's just like i don't know he's crap her breast yeah and he's just like uh but Mas- I just, massage the breast yeah i just found it i just found it really funny i, I don't I know, know why it's, it's very funny to me especially just the small yeah, it's talk funny. yeah the small talk of being like would you like to would you like to grab a drink while she's like straddling him is hilarious <laughs> It is like to go on a date sometime. It is a it is a good like little short scene. Him being nervous to kiss her after they've like basically had sex. Yeah. (laughs) That and then at the very end, he he drops a line that was like, they got engaged. So it's like maybe, maybe now she'll let me shag, is what he says. So (laughs) those people aren't having sex until marriage, which is wild. Hey, they're good Christian people. We can't this is fun. They're just no, you can't. But yeah, I don't know. I I thought I really liked that storyline. Um, all right, moving on to the saddest storyline. Well, yeah, I, I'll call it the saddest storyline because it doesn't it doesn't end with any hope. Um, Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Uh, Jesus, infidelity. Um. Man, this was a bummer. Okay, so we had to ask the question. Did Alan Rickman sleep with the secretary? She has the necklace. I'm going to say yes. yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with yes. Just off the... Uh, implication. I thought I showed you last night that you can have anything or whatever. And when Hugh Grant shows up at her house and she's like playing with the necklace, she has like the smuggest look on her face, which granted she can just be a a gold digger. That's just, you know, I'm going to hit on the boss and seduce him so he can just shower me with shit. So Alan Rickman is secretly like the very first simp, but boy, howdy (laughs) does this not work in 2020? No. Movie had me too written all over it, but the, um, (sighs) the, I, it's just so sad, man. It truly is. There's nothing redeeming about it, and I I love Emma Thompson. Like how could like she's awesome, I, and still got it to this day. How could you do to this, this to day? Emma Thompson? This day. This day. Yeah. How are you gonna cheat on the fucking Emma Thompson for 
goddamn Edna Mode at your office. <laughs> also, also, your brother-in-law is the prime minister. Right? You're going to die. You can do whatever. <laughs> it, when Hugh Grant made the joke to his secretary that he can, like, dispatch MI6 to kill somebody, that was partially true. Alan Rickman is going to die. The second Emma Thompson calls Hugh Grant, it's like, hey, by the way, my husband's had an affair. That man is dead. And it's also meant to believe at the end of the movie that like, and she like stands up and she's sort of like, well, you know, it. they got divorced, right? Because he's like coming back from somewhere. Or I, you know, I don't know. I think it's loosely implied that it's just a loveless marriage now that it's like a stay together for the kids situation. Because he yeah. goes in for like a kiss thing and she immediately rebuffs him yeah i would assume they're like still together but i doubt that would have lasted for very long it's just there's no redemption arc there it's like he starts to fall in love the funniest part of the whole storyline there is mr bean (laughs) trying to save it yeah is mr bean sort of going slowly that the gag of him going slow the fact that he's not in this movie for any amount of time is wild too (laughs) like one of the more popular actors i think contractually rowan atkinson had to show up in everything filmed in london from like 2000 to 2005 right (laughs) it just him just taking his time on that that was funny but i you know there's no and it's just i don't know man it's sad it's just fucking sad yeah it's like is is love actually all around because it doesn't seem to be (laughs) merry christmas divorce i mean truly i like on a real level like i I do respect it because all of these storylines are extremely far-fetched in in most regards and to really continue the theme like if alan rickman did have some sort of redemption arc or if they agreed to work on the marriage then that's i mean it, it obviously that happens in real life but to stick to the actual true real life that you know once your spouse cheats on you once you have this you know commit this horrible sin within your marriage it's dead it's over with and that they both had to live with each other lovelessly because they have kids together like i respect the fact that they they recognize that that is a real life situation in a movie where everything else is just so far-fetched it is yeah it's the most grounded one probably but it is still to me just a bummer it's just a bummer um yeah because it's like another christmas like there's this movie this christmas where you know one of the main characters ends up getting a divorce at the end but it's like a triumphant thing it's like you know, you knew he was cheating on you. You like decided, hey, I'm not gonna keep like letting this man treat me this way. Blah blah blah. I'm getting divorced. Like you go, girl, kind of thing. This one is just like, I guess you're just gonna soldier on <laughs> for the kids, right? It's like the it's like the breakup. You know how the breakup where it's like it doesn't end good. Yeah, and everyone's like, well, that was shitty. Like, yeah, it was in the title. We told you what's gonna happen. Um. No, nah, I, I, I don't. I mean, I like both of the actors. They do really well with the with the storyline, and I feel like Emma Thompson gets the most like emotional moments in this movie. Uh, but other than that, man, it's just bummer. Um, 
But also, you could make this one its own, like, hour and a half movie also. Well, it's, it's Marriage Story. A very sad movie. Yeah. Still, still a movie. It's Marriage Story. You can make a whole movie about why the fuck this school has Christmas lobsters and a big-ass octopus. And a kid and a dresses whale. Spider-Man. <laughs> it's like, it's probably and like... They they got... actually... Go ahead. Go ahead. It's They're actually like, uh, really the, good costumes. Yeah. It's like the people got fed up. The teachers were like, you know what? Fuck it. Do whatever you want. I don't care. The teachers that <laughs> go on to like produce an actual really good live performance of All I Want for Christmas is You by opening it with, I'm very, very sorry. We all suck. JK, we're professional singers. JK, we're great backing vocals for pop stars. We got the greatest 10 year old you've ever heard in your fucking life singing all I want for Christmas is you. Oh my God. But yeah, I was just kind of mind blown that they like actually had these kids perform this show on Christmas night. <laughs> right. <laughs> Truly. Normal. Go home. Yeah, normally with a, with a production like that. It's, yeah, like, it's happening on like December 12th. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's like December 12th, come to our Christmas production, and everybody's like, fuck, all right. <laughs> but yeah, did Christmas night? Nah, I'm not coming to that. And it's on the dodgy side, too. So one of those kids is packing, probably. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, okay, let's do the Liam Neeson storyline. Um, I enjoyed it. It was It was kind of... It, it was sad too, kind of, but I, I like the relationship between him and the kid. It was corny, but yeah. uh, it was fine. Uh, my note about that is that kid's going to jail. In post 9 11. Everybody's going to jail. <laughs> In post 9 11. Heathrow Airport, he just jumps security and runs from like five people and they just go, ho hum. Like, what? I have an answer. I have an answer for this. So, no. beginning of the movie, after the funeral or a couple of days afterwards, we have Liam Neeson calling Emma Thompson uh. and crying. So that kid probably got arrested, and then Liam Neeson called Emma Thompson, who called her brother Hugh Grant, who's the prime minister, was made that all go away. <laughs> that quick because he walks out and they just let him I, go I, no no it's absolutely not what happened but there's a way for this yeah, they're just like away. walking back to the gate they don't even like take him out of the airport just like, you, you're just you, going right back to the gate is you this asshole, white man you, your father probably <laughs> you asshole kid please wait at this Hudson news for your parents I just I couldn't believe it I was shocked I was just like dude you can't uh, you can't bring a pin through security like they were like that no, and this is this is two years after 9-11 so this is like right when everybody was on edge at an air force yeah and, and i refuse to believe that kid could outrun five grown-ass adults i refuse to believe that also that that's, the that's serious parkour the whatever the british tsa agent like Having Madden awareness level zero and getting hurtled by a kid <laughs> and the goddamn metal detector. Like, you didn't hear like the sound of running coming. Stop that child. <laughs> what's, I mean, what? that, it, that is absolutely worse. But what's hilariously worse is that Joanna's parents are like, oh, this kid just stalked our daughter here. That's cool. Yeah, just All ran right, up, get on the plane. Ran up on a pop star with like, 
like she's like a she's like a recording artist, right? She, she should yes. be. She her, no, no, her mother is right, or something. There's some background info on her that I never really yeah, so, remember. First of all, she'd be flying private, but <laughs> second of all, uh, the prime minister flies commercials, so she damn well will be flying commercial too. Yeah, probably. But it, but then they let the other they let the girl go back through security. That doesn't happen. <laughs> You know, you can't, once you leave that plane, you can't reboard. What are we doing? Uh, and, um, and the way that they get distracted, the through line through this entire movie is that they're all watching the Christmas performance of I feel it in my fingers and they're enamored with it. You get to see Bill Nye's dick. I would stop everything I'm doing to watch that. Yeah, that's true. That's 100%. The, uh, the airport. Like yeah. Airport security is chasing a fucking TV. child. The airport security is chasing a child through the airport. There's no announcements. There's no <laughs> alarms. Like, there's no like walkie-talkie communication. It's just people watching some pop star with his dick out singing a Christmas song, and they get I distracted. I feel like in America you're shot. I feel like you get shot. That kid is definitely getting shot in America. Yeah, yeah, so somebody is shooting you. Um. Other than that, that storyline was kind of delightful, actually. Hey, it ends on an even more positive note, um, because the two actors—I can't remember their names for the life of me right now—end uh, up together on Phineas and Ferb. Really? Yeah, he plays the voice of Ferb, and she plays the voice of Vanessa. That's interesting. A nerd like me in 2010. Wow. College watching wow. Disney Channel. I was definitely watching Phineas and Ferb at the time. Phineas and Ferb is good. Those yeah, he's, in this movie. He's the voice of Ferb and she's the voice of Vanessa Doofenshmirtz's daughter. Um, also, fun fact, he was fucking 13 years old in this. Yeah, that's wild. He looks like he's mm-hmm. like at least nine years. Like at no, he's like at nine most. years old. At most nine years I mean, old. Thank you. Imagine. I mean, he's still making bank off of his young face. Granted, he looks a little bit closer to his actual age now of 30, but he's still like, he's one of those people that if he got called to do like a remake of 90210, he would fit in just fine. They tried to make him like this sexy, like, like cowboy type guy in the Queen's Gambit. And it just did not work because he looks like he's 15. Holy shit. You didn't know that was him? I didn't realize that was the same yeah. kid. <laughs> we'll find his name. Hold on. Yeah. I, I keep passing over it. It's He's got the hyphen. Thomas Brody Sangster. Yes. And he's been in a bunch of stuff, too. He was like, he's he's continuing to have a really good career. But Oh, yeah. Um, he'll be fine. You want to know something truly wild? Kira Knightley was like 18, 19 during this. So yeah, she was young was too. Five years. He's That's... in here playing a fourth grader and she's a married woman. <laughs> the only age difference is five years. Which granted I'm... is a little, not that much. I mean, he looks like they could have gone to high school together. Like he looks like a 12, like he, it's crazy how young that guy is. But yeah, he was in the Queen's Gamut. Um, and they tried to make him like this like suave sort of, Harrison Ford character and he just isn't he just like like he was good but he's just this skinny young looking kid 
and they gave oh, him like he the was worst also in Game of Thrones. Shout out to him. Yeah, he was in Game of Thrones. It's uh, part of the brand storyline that just got fallen apart of. It, I will say this: seeing Liam Neeson doing normal dad shit is shocking compared to his later movies. Well, this is like, yeah, this is kind of what we knew Liam Neeson before because he he was he was kind of a drama kind of like a, a, a dorky sort of comedy guy it's when like take and drop that some people are like oh he's a badass action star which is now his career trajectory but this was kind of like what people knew Liam Neeson before which is kind of this dorky rom-com drama guy well it's just crazy just like do you want something to eat like what is that what you should be killing somebody right now <laughs> <laughs> I personally choose to believe this is in the Widows universe. So he moves to America and marries Viola Davis in a few years. Oh, uh, yeah, that's my choice. Uh, uh, no, he, he's with. No, we're still on the storyline, so I can do it. He's with Claudia Schiffer, which here is a bonkers situation. So the actual actress model claudia schiffer is who he runs into at the school and who he ends up with at the airport at the end where he's like he should have kissed her and she's like no that's what he did was cool that's actually model actress claudia schiffer earlier in the film he mentions claudia schiffer so in this world this lady who happens to be claudia schiffer is not claudia schiffer there's another claudia schiffer in this world They had to have known that when they were doing that. No, they they did. That's, I mean, that's that's what the joke is. Is that? Oh, it is. He says, yeah, he wants to end up with Claudia Schiffer. He ends up with Claudia Schiffer. But if you but just like, kind of look at it, yeah, if you look at it from a timeline standpoint, there's two Claudia Schiffers in this world. Also, where is this kid's real dad? Like he wouldn't be. He must just either is is he dead? Is he not in his life? Because you wouldn't be yeah. with your stepdad. Imagine, we actually kind of need to talk about the fact that this kid does not seem to care that his mom is dead. <laughs> oh no, doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> At all. He's, he's like, look, I'm in fourth grade. I'm in love with a pop star. Mom died, that sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have to deal with that. I but got- I got to learn I had to learn the worst instrument to impress a woman. Drums. No, <laughs> bass guitar. At least bass guitar you could transfer over and learn real guitar. There is nothing sexy about drums. As an actual drummer, I can assure you, there is nothing sexual. <laughs> no, it goes happening. lead singer. It goes lead singer, gu- lead guitar, drums, bass in order of scale that women want to fuck hey girl slide in our dms confirm this the, um, um but yeah he doesn't care he doesn't give a damn that his mom died he's like <laughs> he's like sucks whatever you got going on sucks right now but also i got some shit to figure out about this girl that's going to be leaving for america let's get it together let's go there's this american girl she has christina aguilera hair i want to bang <laughs> Teach me your ways, oh Liam Neeson. <laughs> I like the audacity when they first connect and he's sitting on the bench and he's like, Hey, are you sad about your mom? No, something way worse. I'm in love. 
Like, fuck you, kid. You just lost a parent. What are you doing? His dad. Hey, it's it, my wife you're talking about, you <laughs> <yeah>. asshole. <laughs> Liam Neeson should be pissed. You're missing two parents, arguably. What's happening in your life? You need the therapist. <laughs> All right. We're going to work. You're going to have to work out, like, I'll help you with this girl problem, but later on in life, you're going to have some demons that is going to cost a lot of money. I'm just going to warn you right now. Oh, <laughs> but it is a, it is a, it is a charming relationship because he like, he wants to be a good dad and stuff like that. And I, and I think it works well, which is kind of interesting because it goes from, he's like big time, sad boy for like <laughs> to, eh, it's fine. I'll just stopping, go stopping on the phone with Emma. Yeah. To the first woman he sees in the hallway, he's like, fuck my dead wife. <laughs> Again, it's Claudia Schiffer. Like, if you're if you're getting that, good for you. Go for it. Um, also weird that their bonding movie is Titanic. Yeah, that was strange. I wrote that down. Like, raising it's your weird. kid to watch Titanic all the time. And having Torture. to reenact the I'm on or I'm, I'm flying Jack scene is weird. Yeah, that movie stinks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen to our titanic also, the kid episode just, the kid like did all of this to avoid airport security is probably going to jail for being a terrorist but like he was just totally satisfied just knowing that she knew his name <laughs> That's, that was all he needed you couldn't just Look, ask he's that dead, well. like <laughs> he's gonna hold on to that moment for years Again, does not give a good gosh damn about his mom being dead. So he needs something positive in his life. Needs a win. <laughs> um, I, while we're here, just going back to Joanna and her performance. Why are there two fucking kids doing hip hop dancing during that number? The whitest people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is, in the most early 2000s clothes I've ever seen. It is baffling <laughs> like you know what this needs like i'm surprised they... three dirty by christina aguilera was on the radio <laughs> they like like i'm influence. surprised they didn't dress those white kids up in like fubu or something <laughs> I'm... Oh. the um all right let's move on to the next storyline that was funny <laughs> let's move on to the next storyline uh and then we'll move on to the most problematic storyline. Um, let's see. Hugh Grant and uh, what was his... Was it Annie? The secretary? No, Annie's like... No, Annie's... What her name is. Yeah. Annie's yeah. is like his second in charge. I think it's uh, Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. Yes, you're right. Natalie. Marty, Marty McCutcheon. Um, Fat Natalie, who was a regular lurking person. She's fine as hell, man. And they're just yeah, like... like they're, they are roaster. Yeah, everyone in this was just like, she's fat. You're like, what? Where they no, do that? She looks, she looks like a normal-ass person. What are you talking about? Like behind her back, they're like, those thighs could crush a watermelon, fat piece of shit. It's like, yo, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. And Hugh Grant's like, I got it. Like, would be a, like out, uh, Also, Emma Thompson makes a, makes a remark. He's like, 20 years ago, you would have been his type. Like cradle snatcher. Yeah, their age difference doesn't need to be. She does live with her parents, so that is weird. I feel like that's not a uncommon thing in your more European London. countries. With like thirty people, yeah. Well, it's well, Christmas. It, it, is, it is implied that 
or not even applied. She did break up with her boyfriend. So maybe they lived together. She just need to move back home. Well, that's the whole thing too, is that it's just like, I, I, we are, we're so like, like get out of the house sort of people. Like, I feel like mothers and fathers in, in other countries live with, I don't know that for a fact, but I just feel like that's a thing. Um, just live like take a, take Charlie, Charlie bucket from Charlie and the chocolate factory. <laughs> Both sets of grandparents are living in one bed. <laughs> and also like it's London shit is expensive and hard to find like you're not gonna just suddenly get a new apartment because you broke up with your boyfriend or whatever like um it takes I love, fucking time. but she she works some sort of high level position in 10 Downey Street granted yeah, she's government like, job. maybe like yeah but still she gets direct access the uh I love your tweet, Dex, the other day when all that New York shit was going off where you're just like, New York is just tall London. It is. That's exactly what it is. London is short and old, and New York is like the same thing, but new and tall. Um, I don't mind this storyline. I think Hugh Grant is doing his Hugh Grant thing, which worked in the early 2000s and just, you know, awkward and dry. A lot, and I think that worked really well for him for a time. Obviously, he was like the leading guy in everything, every like romantic comedy for five years. Uh, I don't mind Natalie at all. I think she's kind of fl- cheeky, as they would say. And then um, <laughs> that was dumb. And the but the 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 fact that they just fall everyone falls in love with, in this movie at the drop of a hat but like the fact that they're he f- sees her and he's like oh my god damn, damn. she's I had her words she's <laughs> the one yo you know <laughs> discounting our current administration but you know like even the obama administration f's were flying everywhere in that house right. so i cannot I cannot discount it for 10 Downing Street either. Like, don't want, you don't have to watch your language. The, um, yeah, the, it, that storyline just doesn't work in 2020. It just wouldn't. Ew, no. Just an abuse of power. It worked in 2003 because it's like Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton existed. <laughs> yeah, well, people blame true. Monica Lewinsky for forever. He shamed Monica Lewinsky for forever. And it's just like, how about that abuse of power thing? Let's do that. But um still do. Um you know, I'm I'm okay with their love storyline. Like I, I think it's fine. What I am baffled about is that Hugh Grant just trashed the, the president UK's of the United States. And the United States working relationship over Natalie. <laughs> Like he just fucking tarnished a relationship on a global economic scale because right. he has a crush. Yeah, the world is in crisis now. Thanks. Our number one ally is the United Kingdom, and he looked at Billy Bob Thornton, who would be a trash president. But I can't say that now in 2020. Be like, who the fuck would have liked Billy Bob Thornton? Can't do that anymore. But he looked <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton dead in the eye in front of God and the media and said, "No." The oh, because Billy Bob Thornton flirted. Well, uh, not flirted. He made an advance on that poor woman, but the uh, the yeah. and also was like cheating on his wife. But the um, 
Yeah, I, I wrote that down. I was like, did he just threaten the president of the United States? Like, that it sounded like a declaration of war. And then everybody in the media, like, immediately applauds him, like, congratulations. The United Kingdom finally stood up to the U.S. The U.K. also a global economic superpower. Like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, we have tons of imports and exports here in London. <laughs> like, the, the stock market. nothing there. The stock market in the U.S., stock market in China, like, every, <laughs> it's all crashing right now because they think we're about to go to war. This is not a time to celebrate. Also, what are they bullying you over? <laughs> we had the whole boardroom position, which makes no sense that they're just like, your economic policies are mean. Well, we can't decide on them yet. To our London listeners, and we actually do have a couple um, or one that downloads all of our episodes, get in our DMs. Tell us, tell us what you think about this scene, because as an American, I'm baffled by that, by that scene because that wouldn't happen. Just would not happen. As someone who been season four of The Crown recently, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is in Buckingham Palace, just like you fucking what, mate? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Oi, you did what? <laughs> Queen Elizabeth, known Australian. Um, <laughs> you buggered that up. Oh, that and I, I, I love that Emma Thompson can have a direct line to him. <laughs> Right. You just called like, hey, your sister's on the phone. You don't get that luxury. What are you doing? I just real quick got to call up prime minister. My my. Oh, he's my brother. Uh, no big deal. I uh, can't even get a phone call with my sister who lives three hours away from me, except for like <laughs> once a week. And you can just get a direct call to the prime minister. Right. She can get through. No. I, I, and the very ending was cute but it, it is that would be scandalous oh like imagine those headlines is that he immediately tarnishes the best working relationship the united kingdom has which granted they were eu by that point in time so they're part of a larger system but tarnishes it and then immediately is caught making out with his secretary at a random children's play yeah <laughs> yeah front of god and everybody there but also everybody there was like Ooh, no <laughs> those photos would be sold to tmz so quickly mm. he is a, i can't, he is I can't even imagine he is resigning in disgrace the next morning <laughs> just like the the whiplash of going from there's two people up there making out that's the fucking prime minister. <laughs> what? <laughs> a prime a prime minister who just travels around all of London with his driver as his bodyguard. And that's Yeah, funny. one bodyguard bullshit. And going knocking on door to door, that's not dangerous. Nope. They would allow that to happen. And everybody just peacefully let him go to the next house, no follow-up, no. <laughs> yeah. And then Rhea. <laughs> And then randomly let a, an, an unvetted child and woman into his security car. <laughs> she probably vetted, but like you know. she still technically works for the government, even though he moves her down. But the the uh, I did like I thought it was funny. The singing, the uh, carol singer and then the bodyguard being really good at singing was actually kind of <laughs> a funny. Yeah. Yes. Was that was kind of fantastic. Funny yeah. Fantastic. And then. Um, but tying in the mistress into the door knocking was weird. 
We all live really on the same visited. street. Right. We're all poors. That's what it's basically like. Um, the, it is baffling that they all go to the same school. Right. That dance number, though, I don't know why that was so popular. That was like, that's been in like every like movie montage for like, why is that popular? It's Apparently, funny. He didn't he want to really, do it. Yeah, he hates it because he doesn't think that's what the prime minister would do. Prime Minister also wouldn't ruin a working relationship with the United States. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know why, but that's like in every movie montage forever. I mean, it's a good yeah. scene. It's a good scene. Watching that song, it in the context of the movie, I was like, I don't know why this is here, but like, it's cool, but eh. Eh. It's not like right. anything like happens. <laughs> no, he just gets embarrassed. I mean... <laughs> Maybe it's funny to see the prime minister do that. I don't know. I will say the He's point is regular jump for my love bangs. Like you can play that song wherever it bangs. It's a great song. Okay, now moving on to the final and most problematic relationship. It's nobody. No. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before we get there, we skipped over one. What? The dude that goes to the U.S. to have sex with January. Oh Jones. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's a great storyline. That's that's hilarious. Uh, Honestly, I was like, I'm glad that shit worked out for that dude. Good for you, man. Because every like his friends were like roasting it. Like he, uh, first of all, he's a creep. He's a creep and a weirdo that was like like hitting on every girl in his catering business. But also, his friend was just like, "You're ugly as fuck. You're not gonna get any girl." Like, oh man, like, and the joke that. <laughs> women love british accents it's so, it's so like self-aware and funny apparently that whole bar scene was mostly improv <laughs> which <laughs> rightfully so it should be okay so it's like january there's so many it's january jones alicia Cuthbert, right uh shannon elizabeth and i forgot who the and other the, fi- the final lady was in some stuff too she was like in american pie yeah, right? elizabeth, yeah. Like when when January when January Jones showed up, I was like, "What?" I was shocked by that. I was like, uh, "You know, when you like somebody's known for one role, or you don't know them until they're older, so no way they could have been in anything else when they were younger, right?" But it, <laughs> it's just like when sh- she showed up, I was like, "What the?" Fuck? But <laughs> we don't. <laughs> it's it's such a bad stereotype but it's so funny they just railed on wisconsin only for it to like fit every american (laughs) stereotype like where you go that's a funny bit where you going wisconsin Wisconsin. what bar any bar okay it's any take me to an american bar i want budweiser king of beers (laughs) they wouldn't have budweiser they'd have budweiser in london it it is truly baffling that he he would choose wisconsin and i'm not implying because i i know barely any other cities in the united kingdom so i would just say london but it is baffling that he's like i'm gonna go to wisconsin no you idiot he would have chosen like new york or la or something chicago at the very least i'm just gonna it's like he threw a dart at a board and was like wisconsin where all the beautiful women are like he can't be that dumb to be aware to like think that a wisconsin is a paradise yeah you don't know anything about the united states wisconsin in the dead of winter you dolt 
Like, what if we? Nah, he just got the cheapest possible flight that he could right. from Heathrow to it's America. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know what Wisconsin is. We're going seventy dollars. That, that flight. That flight had to be long, connecting and long as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like twelve hours to get to Wisconsin. Three connections. The um, yeah, but <laughs> we we only have one bed. We don't have a couch, and it's gonna be real cold. So we're gonna get sweaty. And you're just like, good lord. Apparently, uh, Chris Marshall, the the actor that plays that guy, for like gave his check back. Because he was so thankful, because they had to do that scene of him being undressed in the the, the silhouette shot like twenty one times, and he was like, "That's payment enough, thank you." What? That's amazing. Are you <laughs> yeah. serious? Yeah. So the check that he got that day for filming that scene, he oh, just gave day. it back. Yeah, no, no, he didn't forward the whole like thing. I, I don't whole- think he's done anything else, so he's probably still living off that shark. But still, apparently, being undressed by January Jones and Alicia Cuthbert was enough payment. Which, yes, it is. Yes, yes, and yes. That I mean, that story, that storyline is very, very funny. It is, and then, he's the greatest man of all time because he comes back to England and brings his friend fucking Denise Richards. Oh yeah. <laughs> god man yo (laughs) and they're just like and he the 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 guy is shocked she immediately just hones in on him like you're his friend okay we're gonna fuck right here in heathrow they're okay so their names on here are are Stacy, Jeannie, Carol Ann, but it's also slash American Dream Girl, American Angel, and American <laughs> Goddess. Jesus. <laughs> oh man. God, that that's funny. Ooh, that story. Same, same. That storyline's funny. All right, now onward to the most, oh, the worst, most problematic storyline in this entire movie. The storyline between Kira Knightley, Andrew Lincoln, and Chiwetel Ejiofor. What the fuck is this? This it's sucks. It's all bad, bro. This it's sucks. All bad. <laughs> this storyline, and everybody loves it too because that 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 scene, also the card scene, is well, one, it became a meme like twelve years ago, which is in- incredible. It was like first first tier meme. And then, oh, I can I can assure you in 2010 though people still thought to me you're perfect is like the most romantic thing in the world and then finally like somewhere in like 2015 they had a revelation like oh fucking wait what he, he's a weirdo like and I like he's Andrew a Lincoln. fucking weirdo and I like Andrew Lincoln I liked like six seasons of The Walking Dead actually but um the Carl Carl. Um, but also oh, a perfect Carl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he uh he man, he made so much money off that show. Um the it was something he was getting like a million dollars an episode, something nuts. And amazing that we're actually experiencing his real life accent in this movie. Right. Everybody forgets he is a British, British. man. Right. First time I learned that was shocking too. But you know, it's like the same concept seeing somebody that was in something when they were younger. What? It's like seeing your teacher. It's like seeing your teacher at the grocery store. But uh, 
but the the thing the thing with that is i don't even know where to begin man it okay we have to begin with the the dumbest thing um this is so pointless that it doesn't really need to be brought up but what's his name again i don't remember mark peter Uh, oh he's peter peter um getting married he is a black person this man did not get an edge up before his fucking wedding. <laughs> this whole cut. thing, and this whole thing, that's the most, that's the, that's the thing for you. That does it, huh? Dude, that shit jumped out at like, because that's like one of the first things that happens in this movie. Like, yeah, it comes I was like, like, oh what? shit, we, get, we got a black guy. Oh shit. And then I looked at his hair. I was like, wait, he's getting married. He showed <laughs> up like this. And then what's worse? They shaved his face with a razor instead of clippers, and you can see all the razor bumps on his face in this movie. They didn't even hide them with makeup. They just left him out there full, like face full of razor bumps. I was like, who, who did this? Why are y'all like this? Why did you do apparently this one black person? Apparently, the whole quick. time while filling, like um kira knightley had some sort of like cyst or something on her forehead like a bump that they constantly have to cover up so like her hair is always on like one side of her forehead or she's wearing that hilariously 2000 big ass hat yeah but they couldn't give my dude an edge up nope i couldn't give him an edge up hair and makeup clippers on his beard instead of a razor like that's something you learn as like a 15 year old like you do not shave your face with a razor if you're black, because you will get razor bumps. Um, oh my god! So, but anyway, why? Why would? I've only been a best man once, and that that is a fuck ton of work. Why would nobody have stopped to be like, "Hey, man, we hired a videographer." You don't you you don't have to videotape this. You have other responsibilities <laughs> because he's creeping. <laughs> but nobody stopped to be like, "Hey, man, you, you don't have to be this person." Which actually, somebody did, but still, he's creeping, creeping, super creeping. <laughs> that red yeah, revelation. It's not even like it's not even like today where it would be just like a dude like just pulling his phone out and no. Like, taking snapchat stories this or is, whatever it's like bro you're holding the whole fucking camera like <laughs> you have a whole e and g set up like what is, uh. when she comes over that revelation that it's just like any other movie that is that is the revelation in a horror film where you realize he's stabbed. the killer right you just found out he is the killer and i don't get it because it's like they don't she's like well you hated me or you don't like me or whatever yeah there's no backstory that's your problem yeah there's no backstory to that whatsoever it's just a line saying like oh you never talked to me and then him being like but actually (laughs) i film you you know there's multiple films this is not the (laughs) first film there are multiple dvds on that shelf or videotapes or whatever they were on that shelf of her this is not his first time also, we have to assume these people have been together for a minute. Don't wait until they get your best friend gets married to be like, 
actually, uh, I kind of want to fuck. <laughs> and now However. it's like, okay, just the concept of having that video just in your house, like it's not stored away. Different no, you times. bury that shit. You bury that shit. But it's like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you're just gonna, are you just gonna periodically just go back and be like, oh, uh, yeah, I remember how hot she was that day she got married to my best friend and watched the video <laughs> again and again. It's a Saturday night. I just poured a glass of scotch. I'm gonna watch my best friend's wedding video. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Look you at put her going that- off to her honeymoon. Look at that shit. Ooh. <laughs> and the the fact that her revelation is you hated me oh no and he's just like it was a self-defense mechanism i'm gonna run out bye leave and you no, in my house by yourself yeah i'm gonna leave you in my house alone and i'm just going to go god knows where <laughs> to go scream in the street like a weirdo that, that actually makes sense because then in a horror movie, that's that's when the killer realizes he has to kill her now because he just got caught. That makes sense of that story. <laughs> oh God! And, and her reaction definitely was not big enough for me. Like, yo, you're a fucking weirdo. Like, are you just sitting here? Any girl videos it, with me all the time? Yeah, I was gonna say, is that prime spank bank material for that guy? Like, what is that? <laughs> what it, are you doing? Uh, I gotta find that rerun of Jeopardy and my <laughs> best man's best man's or my best friend's wedding video. Oh my um, god! Just keeping that out then, in the daylight is just. Uh, but okay, we gotta get. They did the one black guy so wrong in this movie. So, so wrong. wrong. One, by not giving him an edge up, as Dex has said. Two, by having him be the one that gets cheated on with the other white guy. What? What? What are we doing? What are we doing? So here's what happens. We had to look at this step by step chronologically. He tapes her wedding unasked. He is not the paid videographer. And nobody thinks that's weird. She goes to his house, finds out that he is harboring at least one, probably multiple tapes of her, <laughs> and thinks that's weird. I probably taped oh, over it or made copies. And thinks that's weird, but probably is just cute for some reason. And then he fucking shows up at her house with a sign that says, tell your husband I'm carolers. And she goes along with it. She, <laughs> she applies murdered. This is this is immediately like the next sign should be like tell your husband carolers or I'm going to stab both of you like that is that is immediately the next sign. Tell your husband carolers. Second sign, get in the fucking car. (laughs) And then he has the audacity to pull out the most two thousand stereo with a cassette player with like a horrible recording that sounds nothing like children. No, that guy sounds like that sounds like a tape upstairs. Is like, what is going on? Yeah, like I really, I, it's a very obvious question that we have to ask. But 
what the fuck was he going to do if his friend opened the door yeah. <laughs> instead of her? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> he flips the last page. To me, you're perfect. We're going to go with the original storyline where everybody thought I was in love with you. Would you like to grab? Would you like to grab a beer? This isn't weird. Um, uh, he probably just throws it to the side. He's just like shit. <laughs> what is that? Nothing. Oh, oh this thanks. is your house. I thought this was. <laughs> oh. I heard that. I, I mean, chances that they probably live in the same neighborhood as everybody else does. So he could probably be like, "Oh no, my 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 friend's boss is cheating on right. her with a secretary." I was going to hit up the secretary. <laughs> there's no explanation for that you, you just like have to be like look man can we double team your wife like that's what he's just like implying. <laughs> like I, Christmas. yeah help, help me out help me help, out my help, help help a guy out <laughs> and i've christmas I, I fully, spirit dude i fully Jesus. understand i am confused maybe a little traumatic She's not immediately going to go home to him and be like, hey, your best friend Mark doesn't hate me. He has videos of me. Like, she's not going to tell him that. She's immediately just going to wipe it away. Yeah, this is a bad marriage. <laughs> that should definitely come up immediately. Like, yeah, that should be. And you might have to kill your friend because this guy is masturbating to videos of me. She goes house. over to his apartment for the explicit purpose of we paid a videographer, his video skills are trash. Both my husband, your best friend, and I know that you took video of us despite us not asking to. So when she comes back home, he's going to be like, hey, did you find the video? Like, he uh, should know. Yeah, about nope, that. Nope, exist. About that. Your friend is... Um, what do you know about him? <laughs> what do you actually <laughs> know about him? Besides the fact that he runs an art gallery that sells art of topless people, but the nipples are covered by Santa hats. Yeah, that was dumb. Um, <laughs> that is, yeah, and people swooned over that scene forever, forever. People loved that movie. I, I there it was. I think recently there was a tonal shift, but it, that was like, like I said, that was Generation One meme. That's incredible. I mean, I had it had it ended with her being like, "Okay, you should leave now." Well, it you're ends with her insane. kissing him. I know, but like, if if it ended with him like being like you're insane, you should leave now, or at least just be like, "This is very cute. This is romantic. I'm gonna go back to my husband now." It would have been a shitty scene, but it's fine. But the fact that she doesn't just kiss him, but runs to kiss him and kiss him passionately, right? And we're supposed to we're supposed to be left thinking that like, all right, he's done, he's over this ego because he's like, yeah, he fucking like, ends on a Charles Dickens esque line. He's enough like, for enough, now. enough for now. It, no, sir. Enough. Have you deleted the tape? <laughs> yeah, enough of he what? Still has these tapes. Have well, you deleted? You need to delete that tape if it's enough. Enough of what though? Enough of stalking this poor woman. Yeah, and now you're supposed. That's all I needed. Now you're supposed to go to like functions and dinner parties and not act like that didn't happen. I guess people just just lie in their marriages a lot in real life. But like, yeah, what the I fuck? Mean, just cheat. But like, yo, <laughs> man, we do not endorse that. Don't do that. But the God, man, it's just a... awkward for the rest of eternity now. Mm -hmm. 
baffled by that storyline. You know, what's he's the gonna, resolution he, supposed to be? <laughs> like he, he, his stalking was rewarded. He got exactly what he wanted, and you know. <laughs> Two days later, he's going to call her up and be like, hey, you got to come over and start sleeping with me or I'm going to tell your husband that you kissed me. Like, this just this is going to escalate. Well, they just bang it out for the rest of eternity and no one's, no one's the wiser. <laughs> he just keeps showing up with different signs for random holidays. I know it's Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The spinoff I want is definitely Peter finding out and just murdering him <laughs> in cold blood just go what the fuck uh, the retribution well they made a plants. they made a red nose day actually right and they're supposed to like still be together mm-hmm. in this follow-up uh the resolution is a little known 2015 film called z for zachariah Oh, yeah. Where it's Chris Pine versus him over Margot Robbie. Yes. That's the resolution. That is the resolution. Um, all right. So let's, we've discussed it, but all right. Let's rank the, uh, rank what we think. Go ahead, Jake. Rank, uh, rank your storylines. You want me to rank all like eight of them? Yeah. Go ahead. Why not? We got time. Fuck. All right. <laughs> or no, you know what? Rank your, rank your uh, top three and then your worst one. Okay, uh, so my my top one has to be um, the Liam Neeson, okay, and Thomas Sangster storyline. I think that's cute. I think it's whimsical. I, I think it's aside from Andrew Lincoln being a secret serial killer, I think it's probably the most memorable storyline. Um, right below that is Hugh Grant and Natalie. And then probably Colin Firth and Aurelia. All right, then, worst one. <laughs> worst one to me, despite the fact that it is cute, is the 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 Martin Freeman storyline. Only like because that. it's not that I don't like it. Like I think it's cute. It's just the one where I'm like, this really has no place in the film. It's funny. <laughs> They're all, I mean, it is funny, but like everybody else in this film is connected in some way, whether they're relatives or somebody. The only connecting thread to Martin Freeman is the guy who goes to Wisconsin is his best friend. And he's also like the assistant director at this porno. Right. Um, all right. Let's go Dex. Um, top one. Shit. Because uh, you didn't like this movie, with, I, I really didn't like it that much. But I'll probably go with the Prime Minister. It was cute. It was funny. Um, Liam Neeson and the kid. That one felt the most like Christmassy. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that one. Um, and then uh, probably Colin Firth and Portuguese girl. Really? Um, the worst, the worst one for me. Yeah, it's got to be <laughs> the videotapes, right? Yeah. Gotta return some videotapes. Man, oh. I for a brief second I forgot about Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. 
Uh, let's see. I'll Ooh, go that one is compelling, even though it's that, not like that's what I'm here for. for. That's tied for third for me, just because it's the only thing grounded in somewhat realism. Yeah, like that's like independently compelling, even though it's not like what I'm here for in a like Christmas rom com. Mm-hmm. Divorce. Ha 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 Um the let's see. I'll go with I like the Martin Freeman one. <laughs> number one, number one, I'm gonna go Martin Freeman. Uh because it's just so funny to me, man. It's just funny. I don't know what it, it maybe I'm just a simple dumb movie brain boy but like i just as dex would say you saw her take off her shirt and you're like I'm, yes i'm in let's go absolutely that's what i'm in for um, you know what i need to see is martin freeman getting it on right um let's see then i'm gonna go number two i will probably go with liam neeson and then number three, I'm going to go with uh, Colin Firth because that just, just ends up being cute. Uh, mm-hmm. And the worst one, I don't know. I hate the Laura Linney storyline kind of, but uh, I got to go same. with it. I got to go with the videotape because it's yeah. just so bad. It's so problematic. <laughs> it just At doesn't least make any end sense. it with like, end it with like he's in love with peter at least let it be that way be like hey i don't i don't hate you but it's still 2000s and it's it's still uncomfortable to be an out gay man so i had to closet myself and to do that i had to pretend to hate you like make it that storyline it means it makes sense right um yeah so that is that is love actually anything else i think we actually going bit by bit we covered all the bases yeah to the draft to the draft. All right. Um, let's see. I, I did laugh when they started playing Smooth by Rob Thomas when he walked into the bar. That's like so too. There are some absolutely baffling <laughs> music choices in this movie. Two that really jumped out to me were the worst fucking D-Day move of all time when he cut out the breakdown from Justin Timberlake's Like I Love You played like some super slow shit like instead of doing the dance break right and also the choice to put like just a super slow shit cover. that was that was uh grapevine zone i can't think of her name it wasn't justin timberlake and it should have been justin yeah. timberlake because that dance break is amazing you got to give people that breakdown um and then the like mediocre cover of Songbird by Fleetwood Mac over the sex scene was just not not the choice. Just 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 do something else. The um I I did write this line Nora down. Jones. There you go. Oh, Nora Jones. Uh I did I write have this a story about her. Okay. Well, finish whatever you were saying. Okay. You know, I did write this line down because I thought it was really funny when the guy that goes to Wisconsin, he's like, I'm going to have my back broken from having too much sex. And I was like, that means something completely different now (laughs) that I I don't think they anticipated. Sir, that does not hold up. All right. Um, Christmas draft. Uh, Nora Jones story. Nora Jones went to my high school, Grapevine High School. My high school band, so she played saxophone in my high school band. Apparently it was so terrible. At one point in time, my my head director pulled her into his office and was basically like, hey, 
you have no future in music. Like, like go find something else <laughs> to do. You're, you're not good at this, which is baffling to say because her father is Ravi Shankar, a very well-known musician. Anyway, Nora Jones. You imagine telling Nora Jones, you have no you have future. No in music. future. I Grapevine High School band director. Right. I told <laughs> Eddie Van Halen that he can't. <laughs> He's never gonna make it, kid. All right. Christmas movie draft. I think I was first. I know I was last. So. Y'all want to do four or five? Four. Wait, are we doing four? Let's for the... do four. I don't think I have five. <laughs> the All right. Uh, number one overall for me. I got to think of something that people may take. Oh, wait. Are we, are we doing the draft I sent us? Yeah. Like what, what was it? I, I truly don't remember what it was. Because that also included our guest uh, to go backwards. I think you were first. Honestly, let's just do it in the order that we're on. So just do you. Uh, Royden Jake Dex. Yeah. Okay. That works. All right. So I'm going to go with. Um, well, I'm going to go with Elf. Number one overall. Absolutely. I figured, yeah. Absolutely. It is. I, we were texting. And I was like, I don't know how well it holds up. But then, you know, I think about how many times I've watched it. And I'm just like, it's so fucking funny, man. It's so delightful. It holds funny. up. Yeah. And we should talk about it like next week. We, I mean, we'll do it. I will. We'll, I think we'll do Elf. But like, it is just a career defining performance, actually, which is kind of funny for, um, Will Ferrell and just just delightful and cheery and some of the best quotable lines of any Christmas movie, any movie ever. Yeah, so. no, that makes sense at number one overall for sure. John Favreau's first directing? No. It wouldn't uh, be John Favreau's first directed. Also, wild he did that movie. Okay, <laughs> technically, technically, yeah, it's his first full feature what? length. What he did? He did TV movies before that, and one episode of Undeclared. Great, he went from doing that to Zithura to Iron Man. Yeah, with Zithura tanked anyway. Um, and now all of Mandalorian. The kids rolling it. Go ahead, Jake. I know this isn't the best pick. And I know people actually hate this movie, but in the Hicks family household, this is a staple. It is every time I see it, like all my all my favorite Christmas memories revolve around it. It is a Christmas story, also known as the Shoot Your Eye Out Kid movie. I don't not like it, but it is so <laughs> worn down. It is the like all all my like Christmas memories from my childhood revolve around that movie because around the time like that I could actually start remembering Christmases or around the time TBS TNT started doing the 24 hour marathon. So like every Christmas Eve, we would go to Christmas Eve service right before, like it would start at 7 PM on Christmas mm -hmm. Eve is when the 24 hour run would start. And so we would always plan our day around and we would always watch the first run through and then it would basically play. And because my parents were terrible with like wrapping presents and everything, they would stay up to like three, four a.m. wrapping gifts for my sister and I. So like, I have memories of staying up all night listening to my parents watch that movie. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's crazy to think about. I I did write on Twitter when we tweeted this out that it's like this movie, this movie, this movie, and I will eventually fall asleep taking a nap 
on the couch to a Christmas story at some point, probably it's halfway a, through the movie. And I've never seen like, it in full, full, to be honest with you. It, yeah, it's, I know it's I haven't seen it in full. I've seen it, like bits and pieces of it, but never sat and watched it all the way through. It's a movie that still gets quoted around my household every once in a while. It is true, though. The 24 hour marathon, you will it will be on in your house sometime at some point. And at some point. And it started the trend like now TCM does uh, 24 hours of either a miracle or it's a wonderful life. Somebody else does L somebody else does Christmas vacation. I think it's AMC. Yeah. T- uh, TCM does, I think miracle on 34th street. Fourth, yeah. Somebody right, does wonderful life, but Dex, go ahead. Okay. So I guess I've got two picks here. So the first one I'm going to go with is Home Alone because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a classic at this Absolutely. point. Um, yeah, I grew up watching that one every year pretty much. You know, it's just it's classic. Like goofy hijinks and physical humor and, you know, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals is every IG caption. Like, it's just good. Um, and then God, That is every pick, IG caption. Holy shit. <laughs> like every single year and like i'm also guilty of that like i can't even i can't fault people for doing it because i i also do it but like it is Uh, what it is it's become ubiquitous oh that's right happy new year i kids saw home alone and i an id and loved it and they were scared of joe pesci you know what else came out of two or 1990 Good fellas. <laughs> Joe Pesci had a good year that year. It immediately went from being a bad mobster to being a bad guy that's chasing around Macaulay Culkin. Had himself a run. God, it's a little year. run, but it's a good run. All right. Number two. My next pick is one that, like, it's just mandatory for me every single Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not Christmas until I sit down and watch this movie, whether I watch it alone or with my family or whatever. It's the Jim Carrey Grinch. I fucking love that yes. movie. <laughs> it's That's hilarious. Way to me. better than you remember it being when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. From when you were a kid, when you go back, the the adult jokes. Sorry to interrupt you. The adult jokes in that work so well. Anyway, continue. He makes the they all work joke. so well. Like the self loathing joke, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Still, I've seen that a lot on TikTok recently. Actually, which like. Good. It deserves yeah. to be on TikTok. Um, and just like all the little like heartwarming shit at the end. I love I love uh, what's your name from Gossip Girl singing Where Are You Christmas? It just bangs. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate. Loathe. <laughs> jury uh, duty. Jury duty. Jury duty. Blackmail. Taylor Momsen. The, um, yeah. Who played Jenny Humphrey, the worst fucking character in that show. Yeah. Also, go check out what she's doing now. She's in like a wannabe punk rock semi-medicore, semi-Marilyn Manson wannabe band. It's a weird turn of events. Huh. Oh, quick note about that Jim Carrey Grinch. If you go look up the Graham Norton, um, the Graham Norton interview with him about how, how many hours he had to do makeup. And he said that I think he had to every day do seven hours of makeup with like yak hair covered Ooh. in like, yeah, he said it was the worst thing of his entire life. And 
they had to have paid that man. They had to have paid him so much money to do that movie, probably. I bet we can find out. I bet he got paid like $25 million to do that movie. If he's still getting royalties, I help a lot. Uh, be, uh, da, 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 da. Um, based off his percentage and contracts, we don't know how much he made on the front end, but based on box office revenue and the percentage on back end he got, it was about $35 million. God damn. He earned it. Yeah, I bet that's mm. why. It's, it's one of his better... Surprisingly better performance performances. It's, also, a Ron Howard movie. Jeffrey Tambor is in there. Yeah. All right. Number. That's a great pick, Dex. Number two uh, pick for Jake. Uh, I'm taking White Christmas. I love it. Really? Yeah. That's such an it's, old pick. It it is an old pick, but like every time at, at the very end when. All the, the soldiers are singing We Love Him, We Love Him, or We'll Follow the Old Man, whatever it's called. Like it it stirs in me for a second. Like I don't like I hold back a single tear. Um, but past that, like I, I just I love it. I also am just a sucker for those old MGM musicals. Well like did this did the song come first or did the movie come first? Like, did he make the song for the movie? Uh I don't know. Because that would be wild. Because that's the song just never existed until until they made White Christmas, and now it's just a staple. Like, what is? Uh, it's originally by Irving Berlin, so it's not actually his song. Oh, okay. Um. Oh yeah, because it was sung in Holiday Inn, another Bing Crosby movie. So the the version that we all know is from this movie, but it's actually older. Him singing that though. It's a great, mm-hmm. no. great rendition. Um, I actually saw that movie for the first time in college because, excuse me, we, had a, white elephant, <laughs> we had a white elephant white Christmas party where we did like a white elephant exchange mm-hmm. and then watch white Christmas. And like we like snuck and drunk in our dorm rooms. Uh, so that was fucking awesome. And I love that movie <laughs> forever because of it. Shame, shame, Christian school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, dreaming. Um, plus, yeah. it's like full of really good, like wholesome slapstick comedy. Like Crosby and, and Danny Kane play off each other so well. Let's see. For my number two and three pick, uh, just because you just needed a Werther's original with that pick, I'm gonna go with an Olds movie as well. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, Since, fuck you. That candy is good. <laughs> seeing, I love Werther's. Seeing as seeing as I feel like you may pick this, and it's one of my favorites. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I actually like, don't like It's a Wonderful Life. Really? <sighs> yeah. You like that old ass movie White Christmas, but It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life is where you draw the line. It's not an age thing. <laughs> it's a content basically. It's a one like It's a Wonderful Life is straight up in black and white, and it feels more new than white christmas <laughs> i don't know why that is Jimmy um, stewart merry christmas you old crew um i love the i love the john mulaney bit of uh him talking about it's a wonderful life you know, where the fuck is my money mr potter you old <laughs> son of a bitch um his boss makes him go deaf um 
I'll just I'll have you know, Wonderful Life is 1946, so it's an older pick than White Christmas. Yeah, I know, I know, but White Christmas feels older for some reason. Um, I like It's a Wonderful Life. It's it's a Christmas movie with weight and stuff, but it's also it's very sad. But it's also like it also is like just an incredible performance by Jimmy Stewart, and it's like the Jimmy Stewart thing is funny because it's like he's doing the same thing every mm-hmm. single time, but he's just so charming that it's it's i don't know i i just really enjoy that movie and i think a lot of people have come back and like oh i don't like it and yada 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 uh for over the years but i i don't know i think that movie is i think the movie's delightful every single time very sad uh it is also a rare christmas movie that got like tons of oscars mm. i mean like i i do love it like it is a good movie i think it's just a movie that has been parodied and recreated on tv like if you have a favorite sitcom or drama tv show they probably did a wonderful life episode at least once right because it's like such a interesting story to begin with what happens if you die and you were never or what happens if you're never born let's see what your life is like and apparently the whole town hinges on this one man though where they're just like he dies and everybody goes or or never born and everything goes to shit george bailey did shit for that town oh man (laughs) i uh i don't know i like that movie second pick uh on the loop i'm gonna go home alone 2 which lost in new york i think that that movie is funnier than the original movie just fucking say it you love it because of trump's appearance just say it wow <laughs> episode 45 out we were all thinking it <laughs> that is wild too that they're just like let's put donald trump in this movie in yeah, 95 like, or whenever they made that yeah but that's like right on the cusp of like where he was i think Art of the Deal just came out and everybody trusted his business advice. Gee, yeah, that was when like, Donald, Trump. Donald Trump was like a rap punchline and not, you know, yeah. the fucking president. That scene where he gets in the car with the pizza is all time food and movie. I will all now time. be in I will now be inserting right here the John Mulaney whole lost in New York bit. Right. But <laughs> that the uh, the def jam comedy bit <laughs> <laughs> this is the height of luxury <laughs> i think it's i think the gags are funnier when he f- opens the door and falls straight down into the hole mm-hmm. i die every single time also the injuries would have been way worse he would have killed those men he threw a brick <laughs> and, hit, <laughs> and hit him several times in the face off of a third story Pigeon Lady is way scarier than the creepy may have killed his whole family next door neighbor. Yeah, she was terrifying. Terrifying. Also the saddest storyline of all time. Yeah, she's just homeless. Homeless and I don't want to bother people. She's homeless. Homeless and like pigeon. So she's like mentally she's like mentally ill, right? And then right? It's sort of like a Phantom of the Opera situation. It's it's kind of a weird storyline, but yeah. But yeah, I find I, I watch that movie every single year because I think it's hilarious. That was the sound of a tool chest falling down the stairs. Harry, uh, I've reached the top. All right. <laughs> Third pick. Uh, Jake. 
Uh, I am taking uh, a Muffet's Christmas Carol. A lot of people think that's the best Christmas Carol. Because it, it's fantastic. Whoa. Michael Caine is in there. So it, it's already fans. Like, I don't, I don't know what else you want from me. It's Jim Henson and ex Michael Caine. I don't, I don't, does it get better? It does not. Uh, all right. We don't have to talk about it. I don't know if I've seen that all the way through, which may be a sin, which I don't know. It's on Disney Plus. I had to have back in the day, but I don't know. You would have had to have. Uh, truthfully, the best Muppet movie is Muppet Treasure Island. Um, but Muppet Christmas Carol comes in a close second. Dex, final picks. All right, so my third pick is going to be one I knew y'all weren't going to pick because I doubt y'all have seen this movie, but it's my second, like, I have to watch this movie or it's not a Christmas movie this Christmas. Um, Why did you say that we wouldn't see that, Dex? Because mm-hmm. y'all are white men. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know I have what? Not seen it. And you know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> that is, that is an on both counts. And that is an incredibly accurate call. Well done. Pitched a perfect yeah, game. It's, it's a, uh, like I don't know. I don't know if it's like really a classic to other people, but it is to me. Like I said, I watch it every fucking year. It's like got all the like. B level like black movie stars of that era, and also Idris Elba, <laughs> so that's weird. But like Chris Brown is in it, uh, Megan Good is in it, not Megan Good, Lauren London is in it, um, uh, Columbus Short is in it, Loretta Devine. So it's like, yeah, like uh, Regina King is in it, she went on to become like a, basically an A lister. Um, I Shannon, we, we'll give her that. Yeah, like, basically. I mean, she's more like a B plus lister, I guess. Regina King, but what? She's um, Oscar gold, dude. She's won an Oscar. <laughs> she's nominated a couple times, though, right? She has as many Oscars as Leonardo DiCaprio does. This is very true. true. Oh no, so she was nominated once, singing Golden Globes. Anyway, continue and Emmys. But yeah, like it's got a bunch of like. Like these older like black actors that you remember from the two thousands in it who like haven't really been in a whole lot otherwise except Idris Elba who's in millions of things. Um but yeah, it's literally fun, everything. Fun family story. Should be our there's a lot of different like threads going on and like I enjoy all of them. Um like fucking Chris Brown wants to be a singer, but he's nervous because his mom like hates people who do music because her ex-husband did music and left her. <laughs> oh, wait, I have just... seen this movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> Only because I remember that storyline and I remember watching it be like, you really want me to believe that Chris Brown wants to be a singer but is struggling with that identity crisis? <laughs> well, folks, we have figured it out. It took 45 episodes, but I am the whitest one on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, truly, it's just because I will watch anything that's on TV. So that's that's not that is not a claim that I'm letting you have yet. But yeah, I just love that movie, and I watch it every year. Um, I've already seen it once this year, and I'm probably watching it again because it's on Netflix now. It wasn't always, but uh, yeah. So this Christmas, my final pick is a little off the board because like 
as someone who loves like Christmas music and Christmas lights and stuff like that, I don't really watch a whole lot of Christmas movies. But there's one that I have secretly always loved. Uh, it, it just bangs. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. <laughs> sure. It's just delightful. It's just Disney Christmas movie magic. And it's just so, so pleasant. Just so nice. And that's Is- all Christmas, music, Christmas movies need to be. It's pleasant and nice. Yep. Warm for the holidays. Jake, final pick. So I have I have a real pick, and then I have a pick that I just I I want to make a blanket pick. Okay. I'm gonna take every Hallmark Christmas movie ever, oh, and wow. I feel like I can I feel like I can do that because it's the same fucking movie, just reproduce every year of just Chad Michael Murray and some and either Candace Cameron Buren or um, what's your face from Mean Girls. Like it's just the same movie over and over. <laughs> over and over again so it's hard to claim one when they're all the same movie that's fine i'll allow it yeah <laughs> either that yeah, or i actually I'm really taking, like that either that or i'm taking polar express for the uncanny valley of scaring the absolute oh shit my out of god me. oh shit i forgot about polar express i used to love that movie i liked <laughs> it when it came out i don't know if it's any good anymore but you know like my dad loves that movie for some reason he's like yeah, I really, I got to watch Polar Express every year. Like, who are you? What? Santa's a dick. Tom Hanks is a dick. Homeless Tom Hanks is a dick. It's all Tom Hanks. Yeah. It's, 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 it's insane. It, it, it is the most terrifying thing in the world. They hadn't quite got that technology down yet. Which is weird because this came light years after Toy Story. And Toy Story got it right. Like... How do we miss it? This no, much? it's like the they tried to probably do like the live action stuff. You know what I mean? Like uh, they tried to probably do like the motion capture thing? Motion, motion capture. capture. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And they just got it wrong, which is terrible because this actually came after, I think it came after Lord of the Rings, which did that with Smeagol. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Mallory and I we used to do the Hallmark app where we check off all the Hallmark movies that we would watch as we watch them. Our DVR is currently just like filled to the brim with even like last year's Hallmark Christmas movies. But I will leave them on all day. Again, it's the same movie. It's always busy business lady hasn't had a wonderful Christmas in 30 years. She finally comes home where a guy who's chief export for his whole family is Christmas year round for some reason they finally get together and she learns that she can leave her job and just be with Christmas for her whole life. It's a wonderful movie. <laughs> Chief export is Christmas. Um, every time, like every time the guy's job is somehow Christmas, like just <laughs> un- undefined Christmas. What do you do? Christmas. Uh, okay. Whole, my whole family for the last 50 years has been celebrating Christmas every single day. And somehow we're making money off that. <laughs> my final pick i'm gonna go with um uh there's several ways i could go but i'm gonna go with a a christmas vacation um it i actually didn't watch it until a few years ago it's it's funny man it's so funny (laughs) and it's just like the the gag of i mean i can't go i can't go two minutes in my family's christmas without being like shitter's full clark (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the uh that and the bit of like 
turning on like getting all the christmas lights up and like blowing up the like neighborhood and stuff like that and the tree being huge and the family being it's just it's all the stuff that you it's so heightened from stuff that you know about like family Christmases, but mm-hmm. it, it's so funny. And Chevy Chase is great. Well, back when he actually gave a shit. Um, uh, yeah. So no, it's it, I Christmas vacation, but you know, honorable mention for me, surprising pick um, for Christmases. Have y'all watched that? Is that no. the one with Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Another John Favreau flick for yeah, it's right up your it'd be right up your alley, Dex. It's so funny. It's it's randomly very very funny. It's not good, but it's very funny. Um, My honorable pick is the Tim Allen Santa Claus, right? Which apparently Mallory's really good friend father directed. Why? Um, what? Yeah, I don't I, I don't fully know the relationship, or have I ever really stopped looking to it? Um, they get progressively was, worse. Maybe it was our grandfather or something, but the first one is actually really good. Right. Um, uh, yeah, they, they get... Plus. Go ahead. What are you saying? No, they get way worse. They get way worse and like, it's weird for a Santa Claus movie to jump the shark, but it oh, does. Yeah, the, the, the one where Martin Short is like Jack Frost. Is Jack Frost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, they just murder Santa in that movie. The movie truly makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> um, honorable mentions. That, what were you going to say, Dex? Sorry. Disney Plus did like an elf knockoff with Anna Kendrick that came out when Disney oh, Plus no well. came out. Kind of slaps, not going to lie. It's pretty good where um, what's his face is supposed to be Bill Hader. Santa. Yeah, Bill Hader. Uh, did they one... end up in Phoenix or something? Yeah. It's good. If it, 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 it hangs. Oh, also honorable mention for me, and I probably should have put it on my list, but it's a draft, not a list. But Jingle All the Way is great. I don't care what anybody says. So it's bad. Yeah, it's bad, yeah, yeah. but it's it's so good. Um, is that the one where he dresses up like the the action figure? Turbo Man. Yeah, I haven't. I, I watched that movie as a kid. I've never seen it since. Put the cookie down. Um, also, his his neighbor. Oh, for, I forget who is plays his neighbor in that i think he's dead <laughs> um oh so, no phil hartman plays his horny neighbor which is just in sinbad's in that movie shout out to sinbad uh honorable mentions that we miss scrooged with bill murray great movie. um the original miracle on 34th street is very good very um good. bad santa surprised nobody picked that I've never seen it. Hey, let's see. I, I'd choose not to support Billy Bob Thornton. It's a funny movie, man. And uh, let's see. Uh, honorable mention: Mallory's favorite Christmas movie, uh, The Holiday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I choose not to accept that as a Christmas movie. That's just that's a movie. That's like a movie like uh, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis that it involves Christmas, but it doesn't directly interact with Christmas. Yeah, it's right. It's right up there with love, actually. Um, the Family Stone. People love that movie. I've only seen the ending of it. Coach dies, or right, or no, I don't, I'm thinking of Parenthood. Uh, oh, and my I, and I pick I did a Christmas Prince stream our Christmas Prince episode. No, Lost it doesn't tapes. exist. Lost tapes. It actually does exist. I have a file. Oh, Christmas Prince two. By the way, 
you're gonna oh that's right you're yeah. gonna you're gonna draw it on the patreon <laughs> right let us know if you want to hear the uh christmas prince 2 episode i'll try and work out maybe let us just let us know um jack ryan and evan we're talking directly to you because you're the yeah. only people listen let us know <laughs> Shout out to Ice Cube's rebrand. Um, are we there yet? All right. <laughs> was used to be my jam as a child. They made enough money for them to make a Are We Done Yet? Which I um, helped. One that technically is not a Christmas movie, just by subject matter, but I kind of secretly love, is Adam Sandler's A Crazy Nights. That's a technical foul. <laughs> it's just... Uh, I think Did it was like, like the the movie with uh, I think it's Amelia Clark and like Henry Golding or not whatever his name is that came out last oh, year last oh. Christmas last Christmas oh. is it literally is based on the song yes it's insane <laughs> I, I think we don't have to do an episode on it but I really want y'all to watch that movie just so we could like. Talk shit about how ridiculous of a movie that. Yeah, is. I mean, I, I'm gonna. It's on HBO. I think I'm gonna watch it. A lot of Christmas movies have come out recently, and one that people Krampus, the horror Christmas movie. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you. It's very funny, but the night before with uh, Seth Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anthony Mackie is really funny too. Um, let's see here. Oh, also, people will get mad if we don't mention a night before Christmas. Um, nightmare before christmas nightmare before christmas sorry, sorry thank you yeah which is uh, a halloween movie but um truly it's also my four-year-old niece's current favorite movie i did i did not like it that much i i mean it's I always okay. lose interest it's okay like it 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 sort of holds up but danny elfman like everybody always talks about um, the Tarzan soundtrack, but Danny Elfman went hard for Nightmare Before Christmas. Every song of there is a banger. What's this? What's this is a great song, but um, yes. I just don't like how people have made it their personality. Uh, no, absolutely not. It was get this tattooed on me forever. What? <laughs> Shut up. All right. Um, yeah, I lose interest entirely whenever they're not singing in that movie. Yeah. All right, so that has been the One Take Podcast, uh, Love Actually edition. We're going to do some more Christmas movies. But Dex, what are we doing next? We're doing You Got Served, the yes. greatest dance movie of the 2000s. They dropped it on Netflix today. Yo, we have to talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will talk about You Got Served coming up next. So watch that. That's on Netflix. If you want to watch Love Actually, sorry, you're going to have to rent it because surprisingly, it's just nowhere. You have to rent it on Amazon. Um, I've actually seen You've Got Served a couple of times. Good Lord. This is yes. a good movie. It's a movie that, well, because it was a movie that like I feel like showed up a lot on like FX. Oh, like it when looks I was, like an that, yeah, movie for sure. Like, right around when I was in high school. So I was like, well, nothing else is on and I have a TV in my room. So I'm going to watch this. I Because I, I remember the opening scenes. That I same feel like there was dance, a, drumline. Yeah, there were a lot of weekends where it was like, you guys step up drumline back to back or like stomp the yard or whatever. Yeah, step up, stomp the yard. All those were all FX bangers. Um yeah, so we're gonna do we're gonna do you got served next. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll have Janine on for that one. But um, yeah, so that was our love actually episode. You can find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, 
You can find us on Apple Podcast. You can find us on Google Podcast, and you can find us on Spotify. All at One Take Pod, uh, number One Take Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Dex, we appreciate the followers. We're over two hundred followers right now on uh, on Twitter, which I didn't think that just starting from nothing is actually pretty cool. And thank y'all for listening and downloading our previous episode. Y'all seem to have not canceled us for the Jojo Rabbit draft. Um, <laughs> Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh getting a huge role in the MCU. Don't worry, darling, it's coming out next year with Harry Styles. Like it's it's Florence Pugh time. Like get get on the train now so that everybody knows where you stand. Buy stock before all the normies come in. Like just just be on the support Florence Pugh train right the fuck now. Also, if you listen to our uh, podcast and you're on Twitter or whatever, use that hashtag because we eventually we're just gonna. I just I want to cash out and sell shirts with hashtag support Florence Pugh. But uh, um, <laughs> I, I would like to do that eventually. But we had 24 listens today. Our last episode dropped last Thursday. People are still listening to us almost a week after our last episode dropped. Thank yeah. you guys. That's appreciate. Cool. Appreciate y'all. Uh, we'll have, I think we'll have Denis on eventually. Eventually, we're going to get the at Sour Grapes women on too. So uh, I think they wanted to do some Christmas movie eventually. But um, Amy yeah. definitely wants to do Home Alone. So she'll be on for that eventually. All right. So we got our lineup coming up Home Alone, Elf. But first, you got served. All right. We're out. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me. And so the feeling grows. It's really.